0: Hey, what's up? whoa hey what's up welcome to uh, recovered AF podcast uh, this is your co-host Kyle and this is episode number 15 I think and uh, we are gonna kick it over to Aaron the other co-host to give our regular slash irregular <laughs> disclaimer
1: yeah I'm not going through that whole thing again so um, it's not organic now. yeah we're not affiliated <laughs> with any 12-step groups we're not um, spokespeople for 12-step groups uh, we're just a couple of guys that uh, share our experience. Um, usually, usually, as it relates to uh, the 12 steps, and our guests uh, also are usually um, people that are members of 12 step groups. But we don't speak for those 12 step groups, and we're not representatives of those 12 step groups. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, we do have a guest today, as you just were talking about, and uh, his name is Dan. Dan, what's up, man?
2: Guys, have, thanks for having me here, man. This is going to be good. Heck yeah. I've been looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, I, what, what I want to say to start is where do you find all your energy to participate in fucking everything? Gratitude. I just feel like you're always doing
2: stuff. It's gratitude. Yeah. 100% gratitude. You know, it's, that's an energy in and of itself. Really, it is. You know, and I, For me, I just know I'm living on borrowed time. I mean, I never, there's never, not a day goes by that I don't wake up. And I'm reminded of that, like early, first few minutes ago, and it's like, wow, is my life perfect? No, but I have a life, you know, and I get an opportunity today to, to live the way we get to live now. And uh, so it's all gratitude. Yeah. It's all gratitude. Yeah. And, all the th- and realizing through a lot of work on me with other people, all the stuff I took, you know, so yeah. living on borrowed time, you just give it all back absolutely
0: we uh we took a trip one time and uh i asked you i said where do you how do you find balance because i just see you and you were like what the fuck is balance (laughs) like i don't understand yeah it's harmony yeah (laughs) exactly like i'm just a hundred (laughs) percent present in whatever i'm doing and that's as close as i can get and i was just i was blown away because I mean, I'm a decently busy person too, and then yep. I see you, and I'm like, God dang, man, he's here and he's doing that, and there's four more hours he's volunteering after this, and I mean, you're just always doing stuff. It's just, it's cool to see, man. It is. I really, I, I get a lot out of it watching you. you I know? appreciate
2: that. Yeah. I was, I was very fortunate where I where I recovered. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people, men and women who had multiple decades of recovery, and they showed up a lot to the meetings. You know. And they were willing to share very openly about their life. And and they set a good example. And a lot of them lived in very attractive lives, right? You know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of recovery. And, you know, these people, for the most part, had their lives dialed in. So they were working again. They had a guy's retirement. They, you know, lived a a comfortable lifestyle. And and these guys really, and men and women really set an example for me, you know, that I found attractive. So I want that. It's like, well, there's nothing you can't have in recovery as long as you're willing to either pay the price or the consequence. Absolutely, and, and, that's, and that's the way I live my life. Yeah. I tried to do that for 20 years. So. Absolutely. So, so
1: what was that then? Like, I guess we usually have a, I don't. know, It's not really a set protocol, but sort of where we've been starting a lot is um, people's first introduction to the 12 steps. And you just said, you know, like when you came in. You had that model set for you of, you know, people being a living example of what it was like. And we've had varied experience from our guests. Some of us, um, you know, came into the 12-step rooms and, and and caught on right away and and have never had any experience but that. And some of us have sort of stuck our toe in the water, failed and fucked around a little bit, then, uh, you know, weren't convinced or hadn't reached that jumping-off place yet. And then... Uh, eventually found ourselves back here. What was your experience starting out down the 12-step path?
2: You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I think there's a time when we we were introduced to it and then there's a time when it's meaningful to us, right? To be introduced. and. You know, for me, uh, prior to 1989, I was, I was driving forklift in, uh, in Denver at Cisco Foods and, and uh, running around with a heroin addict friend of mine. And uh, he said, dude, you need to slow down. I need to take you to a meeting. <laughs> you know, so, so that was my introduction, right, to like, uh, you know, down in, in Colorado. And, uh, and it didn't stick, right? Because I didn't want to be there, right? I didn't have any awareness of what was going on. And, and then in 89 was when my brother got killed. In an automobile accident, three of the four people involved—they knew each other. Uh, three people passed away in that accident. It was all, you know, alcohol, kind of behind all that. And so the spotlight kind of came on me. And and I did systematically kind of destroy a few more things, but I didn't really want to find a different way of life until '97. And that's when, you know, December 1st, 1997, is when I was introduced to this again found my way back into a room, you know, and, uh, and I'll never forget some of the things that were shared in that, in that, that meeting that I really wanted to be at. And I think that's the key for me. And, and I think, you know, it's part of our experience, right? I mean, it's, is I, I can't identify with somebody who got it day one. Mm-hmm. I can identify with somebody who, like you say, fiddle fucked around with it and then went out and got some more, you know, education, you know, and then came in. Now I'm ready and now I'm willing. Now I'm, 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 I'm on the bandwagon, so to speak. And yeah and you know it takes what it takes we always hear that and uh, i can identify with people that aren't ready and it's kind of easy to spot them you know sometimes mm-hmm. and i agree Yeah, and i thought without that experience i don't know you know maybe yeah. i think everybody's here and they're are there are an alky and a drug you know a junkie like i and, and so they all want it right and because i got it for the first time everyone should be that way and it's not i mean we have different perspectives and so i did and i screwed around for a while stayed drunk and Things really got bad from eighty nine to ninety yep. seven. Uh, fled the state <laughs> at the encouragement of a judge. <laughs> You're not welcome here yeah. anymore. And if you come back, you know, one of those deals. So I found myself in Washington State. I screwed around with it in and out up there and some you know in some clubs and you know, kind of fishing around with recovery and and uh, and it never stuck until until that last little debacle. <laughs> yeah. And here I am. So. Yeah.
0: and you and I had a uh some similar experience of getting into the 12 steps, wanting to be there yet not really taking the action and starting to get into the work for a while. I think mine was around four months and I believe you've shared six or seven months yeah. of kind of being in that same boat where I wanna change, but I'm not really putting in everything. You know, what? what's that like and what pushed you into the, into the work?
2: Yeah, you know, that's, that is an interesting um, aspect at least that, you know, I, I came to the rooms and I knew I just no longer wanted what I had. We hear little cliche as things like, oh, find somebody who has what you want and stuff like that. And, and I didn't know what that meant. It didn't compute with me. I just knew I no longer wanted what I had, right? And I'm trying to figure out how to get out of this. And, and so when I came in, I really wanted it. The cool thing was I met a guy who always had a smile on his face. He was always upbeat. He always had stuff going on, right? He loved his life his hands were gritty dirty he wore coveralls drove an old piece of crap Chevy truck and worked with iron right so he didn't have anything on the outside right that i thought ooh that's attractive i want that what he had was he always had a smile on his face he had about maybe 7 years and you know in recovery and i asked him about if, you know after 30 days of listening to this guy in meetings would you work with me he says i will if you'll let me and i thought that was kind of a cool approach and and, uh, and he took me under his wing for, for the next 18 months. And, and in that process, you know, contact every day, we talked a lot. We went to a lot of, you know, thank God he would be willing to take me to meetings because of some legal entanglements <laughs> I was not driving, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he, uh, he really put me on the path and, uh, but it was, it was like four to four or five months, six months in there. It starts getting real painful. You know, it starts emotionally painful. I'm mm-hmm. stark raving sober, you know, and. And, you know, I'm having experiences with people that say they care about me, but they're confronting me, and I'm not used to that, right? They're confronting me in a way that's like they have a smile on their face, but they're like telling me the truth to my face. You know, you're a motherfucker. We don't want you around, you know? And I remember right before I sat down and did my first inventory, I'm, I'm with my sponsor. We're, we're at a meeting, and, and uh, it's one of those early morning meetings, and I'm just ranting, raving, crazy. And I said, where are we going to breakfast this morning? He says, yeah. I said, okay, well, I'll go get us a table. How many's coming? Well, about six of us. Okay, great. So I leave, and I go get us a table at this restaurant that we agreed upon when I walked out. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like 20, 20 minutes into this thing, and nobody's showing up. i got this great big table, and I'm the only one sitting at it, right? And uh, so I call him up. And I said, where are you guys at? And he says, well, after you left, we had a little powwow and decided you don't have anything we want today, and we went somewhere else. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you... you know," it just, But I needed that. I mean, I just I just needed that, right? And, and the... the kind of the symbolic part of that is I'm sitting at a big table where I think I'm in, you know, in charge and nobody's there. It's just, nobody's there. I'm the only one. Right. And, hmm. and so it was shortly thereafter that I put pen to paper yeah. and, um, it was a very emotional experience. We hours of the morning with big book, pen, paper, and gun. And, um, and I knew something was going on in that paper that, that, that time. And, uh, thank God it was ink. You know, that's kind of my experience and the, like with lesson Eight or ten hours later, I'm on the phone with him, you know, because I'm up all night and pacing and doing my thing, and and he meets with me, and we uh, go through the process of me sharing with him what I believe to be, you know, mm-hmm. the nature of my wrongs and all this other stuff, which really, my first one was just nothing but a glorified <laughs> confessions list, right, mm-hmm. of all the stuff that I thought was, mm-hmm. you know, I needed to put on there, and uh, every now and then, it was so classic, because he would sit down and just make little notes, you know, about <laughs> what, what he's picking apart from what I'm sharing, and oh, you mean you're full of resentment, fear, you're dishonest, and you're really full of false pride. You're kind of full of yourself, aren't you? And I was like, what? How did you get that from, I wrecked this car, and I screwed that <laughs> chick, and I owe that guy this money, and how did you get all that from, you know? and uh, But he knew what he was doing. You know, he picked out the nature of my wrongs, and uh, and he put me on a good path. So
1: so after you wrote that inventory, because um, I've had the experience of, like, getting through that part in 6 and 7 and then even eight and then, or maybe not eight, but anyway, like, and I've seen it a lot, you know, with guys, um, maybe also slowing down at other parts sometimes down nine or, you know, I've seen guys, you know, blow through nine and not really put 10 and 11 into practice or maybe be scared of sponsorship or whatever the case, like, what was your experience? Like after you wrote that inventory, was it just like, were you just, you know, off on that rocket ship then or were there more, was there more balking as you went through the work the first time? What was
2: that like? Yeah, I was, um, I was very slow in embracing, <laughs> I mean, the, the spiritual nature of the program, the concept of God. I mean, I was very, everything was more, I put question marks where, you know, everyone else put periods. Right. So, and I don't think I'm unique in that situation. It's just, I did drag my feet I, and I did not feel good, right? Mm-hmm. I, I felt, in some ways I felt more alive and aware about what I'm really up against. Oh, it's the, it's the nature of my wrongs. My That's my character. So this, right, the booze was not the problem. I, I that clicked with me after doing that piece of the work um, and from that initial inventory he helped me identify 20 26 or 27 different amends i needed to make from two and a half pages of written inventory and, and he helped me prioritize them and like wherever possible not whenever get that one down wherever possible you know you make things right and and but he but this is where he really coached me and this is where i really appreciate is his mentorship right not just sponsorship but he mentored me he took me by the hand he showed me this stuff and he took me through pages, you know, 76, 89, through the literature, uh, 74, 86. Um, and you know, helped me to pick out, well, did you do this? What well, did you have this happen? And and what was this in the relationship? And he really made me go through this stuff in kind of an individual basis so that I could really pick out why are you doing this? Why are you make what what do you need to make amends for, really? Yeah. I mean, there's that real versus imagined stuff that goes on between my head, right? And I mean, one of my favorite songs by the Eagles Wasted Time, right? <laughs> All the things I could have accomplished, baby, right? If I could have just shut my mind off, right? I mean, that's a great lyric. And that's what was me. That's how I walked through life. And it was still a lot that way in early recovery until I weeded through that stuff piece by piece, got real clear, made the amends properly, and, and then, as you say, applied the rest of the steps to try and live a life of... You know safe sane wholesome productive way of living today you know every day, not perfectly, but living it as best to those as close to those principles as I can so
0: yeah um what does your uh, cause like the Dan I know <laughs> I was Go ahead, spit I, it out brother. the Dan spit I the out. Dan I know likes to uh stir the pot a little bit is yeah. that is that off yeah. of um off of your experience with those guys kind of busting your balls and doing yeah, that stuff. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, to coddle a drunk is to kill them. Yeah. To confront them is to save their life, period. I've lived by that motto since day one. Yeah. And, and you do it lovingly. You but, do. But yeah. you have to do it with a sting. It's got to hurt. Right. Uh, right. I mean, we, somewhere in our literature that we love, it talks about, you know, spiritual, you know, pain is the spiritual taproot of growth, right? It's the taproot of spiritual growth. Well, I got to have the pain first. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just who I am, that's my makeup. And not as much today, right? Because right? I love the life that, that God's blessed me with, right? I love it, and I want to soak up as much of it as I possibly can. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of coddling that, that can go on, you mm-hmm. know? And, and it's like, I realize that we know but a little in regards to recovery, but at least let's have some semblance of resemble of what we know already, you know, being yeah. presented to people and shared with them. Right. You know, I had a guy confront me one time after a meeting. He says... You could have never carried me this message, I was so beaten and destroyed when I got here your kind of your kind of approach would have never worked with me, and I just looked at him and says i wouldn't have used that approach with you mm. yeah you know yeah I'm yeah. not that way to everybody
0: mm-hmm. right
2: i mean i i have I understand what compassion and love empathy I get it yeah. right, but when you need your ass kicked, you need your ass kicked, yeah
1: go ahead, oh well, I was just going to say like you know i've got some pretty intimate experience with you. And I think I was telling, maybe I mentioned it when um, uh, on one of the podcasts that I had been, you know, gotten back from Mexico and was texting somebody and they had asked me, you know, point blank, what I was willing to do different in my relationship with God. And that, that person was you, you know, and I was just offended at the time. And I was like, what's this <laughs> fucking guy. think, think he knows, you know, and I'd, and I'd had that experience with you and, and, you know, we had, I think Jason mentioned his experience with you when he was on here with Ryan and, yeah. and, you know, asking those very direct and pointed questions. But then, you know, I got to see another side of you because I had asked you from help for help. I'd reached out to you when I got back this time and, and I just asked for help and then you you know we sat down and we went through it together you know uh, started on a Sunday morning you know in my dining room at the other house and um, you know I'd never got to experience that side of Dan before so yeah. to your point of you know sometimes it's this thing and sometimes it's that ass-busting but then sometimes it was you know it's, it's a more I don't know softer mm-hmm. approach about the things
2: it it, it reminds me of the micro and the macro, right? There's two sides to everything, right? The yin and the yang, right? Mm-hmm. We have sunrise and sunset, and we have light and day, death and life. Everything has its opposites, right? So micro and macro in terms of recovery, this is how I try to look at it. In the micro, I'm willing to, to sacrifice your current feelings over your future. Mm-hmm. And then the macro, I'll help you get there, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, that's, I mean, that's we're called to serve, yeah. I believe. We're called to pass on as much truth as we can. And so I'm willing to... Like risk the moment pissiness or upset or fuck that guy, or I got another resentment from my fucking you know, mm-hmm. my inventory or whatever mm-hmm. I'm willing to risk that in the moment because I know that God's plan is bigger, yeah, I just know it yeah I just I've experienced it, and I've seen too many people i mean i dude i've had the i' like the privilege I got a guy up in like <laughs> I know where I come from that's you know this guy's crazy cross dresser, mountain man kind of dude that. You know, is is like super on the path, and was on the you know when he, when I got there, and he and I have shared each other, you know, recovery with each other, and 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 there's guys in Chicago that were like these highfalutin executives that you know, like guys from jail in Yale. You know what I mean? We've heard that story, mm-hmm. and and the the cool thing about that experience for me is that it's not about Dan, it's about the message covers both spectrums. Yeah. Whether you're from the gutter, right, or from your from the high rise, whether you've gone to jail or jail, right? We hear that kind of stuff, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And that message is what connects those things. That message of of truth is what helps people really get on that path and experience what we get to experience.
0: Yeah. That was one thing I was, I've always noticed from you is um, just your honesty. You know what I mean? You you have a way of calling people on their shit, but Mm -hmm. like I remember one time this was when I was struggling a little bit and I was talking, I was intellectualizing the book and I remember you just kind of (laughs) roasting me at a meeting and I remember leaving kind of frustrated, but it was the proper perspective that I needed to hear because I, I have spent a lot of my, and at that time that was all I was doing was intellectualizing this thing and not doing this thing. And you were talking about how, how far apart those two things are understanding this work and doing this work. And I left feeling slighted and, Within like a day, I was like, I think Dan's right, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and like you just in you, the moment. Yeah, right. see, exactly. But the
2: bigger picture yeah. comes you, into comes into view.
0: You've had a you've had an ability to do that. What is that? Where does that come from? Where's the confidence to, to do that? Because that's one thing that I don't always have. Just is experience. it just Yeah, it's just experience. man, mm-hmm. And
2: it's actually properly inventorying and keeping in touch with the truth of that. For example, and I'm glad you brought this up. I have to live a transparent life today, so so yeah, I kind of have this little bit of a, you know, big book thumper, a step Nazi, a call me on my shit, or oh, watch what you say in front of kind of stuff. But dude, I, at two and a half years, I'm a I'm a bawling blithering idiot. I have no, I'm I'm the hole in the donut. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. No direction, completely lost. I call my sponsor. He gives me some truth, puts me gets corrects me right. And my current sponsor um, calls it walls of honesty. Right? It happens again at four and a half years when my wife sobers up and I'm in the process of either saying, "You go back to North Idaho or you go to treatment or you go to a you know go to a twelve step program. I mean, it's like those are your options, and I'm scared to death that I have to confront that with this woman. And then at five and a half years, how am I going to turn my kids over to God right in and, and at at ten years committing some of the most her, horrendous infractions in marriage, and then still being able to work through that, right? I mean, I have put myself through the meat grinder, mm-hmm. so I know what it's like to be in the meat grinder, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I yeah. know what it's like to have to get myself out of it sober. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I'm not the only guy. There's lots. All of us right here, right? We have those experiences. And so, just be, my experience might not equal your experience for the future, but my experience can help shape you to get the right experience for the future. And that's where that that's where that confidence comes from. Right. Walls of honesty. We all face them. That's what they're called. It's walls of honesty. There's areas of my life that I still have to be confronted with bringing God in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's either everything or nothing. He is or isn't. What is my choice to be? So it's my choice, right? And if I love how my mind between my ears where the problem settles is performing and not chewing on me 24/7, and I love that aspect, well maybe God can do a really great job with my relationship with my wife or my finances okay. or my kids, right? Or my business, right? I mean And so the more I stay in that space and then invite him in, invite him in, less walls of honesty, right? Mm -hmm. I get to live an amazing life today. Every single day. Right? You know, not perfect. Still has its challenges. I mean, you know, I had a a gal that worked for me for 21 months just resign out of the blue, already had another job, and I'm like, I'm clueless. Mm -hmm. I would have done something different. (laughs) And I think the world of her, right? But the reason I can get through that and still be, you know, like, Gratitude overcomes that mm-hmm. in the big picture. In the micro, it sucks. In the big picture, in the macro, I got an amazing life, and I trust her. She feels this is the right thing for her and her family. I'm all on board, hundred percent. What can I do to help you? You know, yeah. Even though it was sudden and it was ugh, kind of a gut punch and and things like that, it's like gratitude overcomes that. So I look at the bigger picture. Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. one thing I, w- I want to ask you about your 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 career, your profession here in a minute, because I think it's. An interesting part but before i do that i wanted to ask you another thing or maybe this is just a comment that's helped me but so you talked to me about getting through the work and, and knowing your sponsor for a while and then and then having a moment where he sat you down yep and could you tell us like could you just give us that story real quick
2: you know the word sponsorship in the literature that i tend to adhere to is not in there right it talks about closed mouth friend right a closed mouth understanding friend and when I met Harold, who who is my, my, the first go-to guy that really mentored me in this program and, 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 and walked me through it, at around that 18-month mark, um, well, 14 months, somewhere in there, a little fuzzy, but <laughs> I, get, he, I go out to his place to have lunch with him, right? And we're sitting out on his deck, and he's overlooking this beautiful lake in North Idaho, and, and it's a house he just built and all this other stuff. And, and he says, I just wanted you to know that... Uh, I'm no longer your sponsor, we're friends now. And I'm like, and that kind of devastated me. Because what happens is, at least for me, is you hear a lot of stuff in recovery meetings that have nothing to do with the actual program of recovery, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so, unless you have the experience to differentiate, it kind of filter that stuff. So I was thinking, oh my God, he's my sponsor for life. And what he educated me on was the fact that no, we're friends, right? If you'll think back to when I first agreed to work with you, if you'd let me, I told you that i wasn't your financial advisor i'm not your marriage counselor i'm not your taxi i said if you want what we have get from this program i'll show you how i got what i want you know and and maybe you'll get what you want and he just that's the way he laid it out for me and so so when he said that he had to explain it to me for a because i was like i was like whoa what did i do wrong you know, i'm doing the work i did what you you know and and my life is changing and things are better and i you know hey i got some bedroom privileges back out you know and <laughs> i'm like i'm a happy guy you know and <laughs> And uh, he said, no, he says, we're, we're friends. He says, you know the tools, right? And the job of a sponsor is to get those tools implemented as quickly as possible. At least that's his relationship with me. So that this person is not dependent, but they are, they're, they're interdependent with their relationship with God, right? That that's where the, really the dependency lies. And that he's a resource to God. Our literature is a resource. This type of conversation can be looked at, back on as a resource. But God is the source, you know, I got to take connected to the source. And that's what that, that all that literature is about is like, I got to have that relationship with God or I'm fucked. Right. And so when I stay there, then I get to look at all these other things as resources, including him to this day still.
1: And that's, you know, why I wanted you to mention that. Cause that's just been such an important thing for me. Cause the one thing that I've really fucked up, before was um, making people to be a a power greater than myself, which clearly they're not, you know, and I got myself in a lot of trouble, whether it was with other friends in the program, whether it was um, people that were sponsoring me, whether it was with, you know, I used to listen to a lot of speaker tapes and I'd be like, oh, "Oh, those guys have it. They got it dialed in. Yeah, they have something that I don't have or that I'm not, that's not available to me or something ridiculous like that. And you you sat down and had that talk with me and it made me really understand like, you know, like as as honest as you are with me, and as as much as I love you, you're still a person. You yep. know, and and so is everybody else. And you know, you know, Kyle and I we talk a lot. You know, but uh, never are my eyes are on Kyle as being the power source. Yep, you know, man, my yeah. eyes are. Our, my consultation is ultimately always with God about yep. the things I have. And I sometimes run things by you and I sometimes run things by Kyle, yep. but ultimately it, that decision comes down between me and God. And I really fucked that up, you know? And you know, if our experience here today can help anybody else with that, you know, like, yeah, yeah you know, absolutely use people for the resources they are. But I had to really make sure that, um, God is the power source. One hundred yeah. yeah.
2: You know, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where you can create a cripple. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're to some degree, you know, outright mental defectives when we get here. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we've all, we kind of, uh, all of us identify with that on some level. And the reality of it is, is that you don't want to cre- you don't want to perpetuate a cripple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to, you want to, you want this person to be able to, to walk, you know, hand in hand, right. right. Not me leading you. Mm-hmm. It's hand in hand on that highway. Right. Right. And it's all about God. So,
0: yeah. Um, Aaron had alluded to, your career. Um is that is that what you always wanted to do? How did that kind of fall into place?
2: You know, that's a great question because here's what here's the core of that, right? And nobody's ever asked me this. I always wanted to work with my father. Mm-hmm. I remember even as just a little guy running around in, you know, PJs. Watching my dad, like, put on a nice clothes, grab the suit, you know, the, the briefcase, go out to a nice car. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to dress nice and just drive around in a car all day. Because that's what I thought, you know, that's what I thought he did. And what people don't know, and I don't think I've ever shared this, even in, a, like, a talk. So if, you, if I have, let me know. My dad fired me not once but twice. <laughs> yeah. and my, have I shared that with you? I don't think so. No, I'm Mexico. just
0: laughing because I've been fired by my dad. <laughs> Did
2: you? Okay. So, so I got fired. I got fired not once but twice, and both of them lasted a year, right? <laughs> he, he was willing to put, put up with my bullshit for about a year, and then he says, hit the road. And once was in California, and the other was in New Mexico. And I was working on it, you know, helped him build a ranch and all this other stuff. But I would show up like, you know, six o'clock in the morning with post hole diggers in one hand, and the fifth, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm hammered. <laughs> You know, and he's just like it's just tragic. You know, it's just painful. So, so he fired me, and it was that was in September of uh, of 1997, and um, I left New Mexico with three little kids in diapers, a wife that was very upset with me, and an old uh, Honda uh, car, just a piece of piece of crap, four door black itty bitty little car, like a sedan kind of thing that. And we all crammed in there, and, and it was like two grand that I, I got the money for the car. I didn't get paid anything, and we drove up to North Idaho, and I started working in a sawmill, pulling green chain. And, and um, less than 30 days later, I found my way back into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. So yeah. for me, that's, yeah. what, that's, what, that's what happened. So. But now, the, to, to continue on with that, I, you know, he started the clinic in 98, about a year later, in Torrington. Oh, okay. Okay, and then he got a hold of me. He says, you know, you want, what? and I'm like, I'm early in recovery. Like, you know, one of the, my core things was I just really wanted to work with my father. Um, he hoodwinked me though. I worked with him about two and a half, three years, and he pulls out, retires, goes to ba- back to Oregon. He's playing golf all the time, and I got oh. stuck holding <laughs> the bag. <laughs> so when this airs, I'm forwarding it to him so he. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. so but he didn't have, let him. He know. didn't have to fire me the third time. But you know what? At five years, he confronted me when I was five years uh, recovered. Mm-hmm. He confronted me, finally sat me down, he says, there's some things I want to say to you, because I did my, my like clean up my side of the street, so to speak, with my folks when I was like four months sober. I was not prepped, but at least I stayed on my side of the street, right? And it went great, and that's when he told me, he says, well, you just keep doing what you're doing, that's amends enough, right? So I was excited, I called my sponsor, he's like, you, dude, you're fucked. <laughs> what, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, well, you gotta keep doing what you're doing one day at a time or your amends don't mean shit. Have a nice day, click, you know, I'm like, oh, damn. And he was right you know so uh so i've been doing it one day at a time ever since but uh
1: so the one thing um like you know i guess obviously people that get here have been um doing some uh chemically induced living you know as as much as possible around the clock yeah. and then i don't know if they're, they're correct. Um, title for what you do would be like holistic healer, but it's a, it's some natural remedy stuff. Yeah, and um, so like a lot of times in recovery, or I guess I only have my experience this time around. Like I'm looking to enhance myself pretty naturally. You know, like sure. I, I go to the chiropractor and I exercise yeah. and you know take some vitamins and just and just try and keep myself on the up and up naturally. And sure, and uh, so it's cool to see. Um, would that be accurate to call you like a a natural healer or or I know that you're also a a proponent of just natural healthy living is that pretty correct or yeah
2: we we design nutritional therapy for chronic illness cases so it's really it's non like no artificial stuff no side effects no uh, you know you get addicted or whatever you know there's no there's no negatives by following what we do unless you just either don't do it right or you don't do it long enough or um, you know, the, the, at least you don't have to worry about side effects. Right. Yeah. And so my dad became a master herbalist okay. and a formulator. And, uh, so we took over his formulas and, and we run a GMP lab that's uh, inspected by the state and the FDA on a regular basis to make sure that, you know, potency quality, you know, tracking every step of the raw materials and having it tested by third party labs so that you can, you know, make sure that what you say is on the label is in the bottle. That's a big problem with supplements these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And so, and so we're under kind of that microscope and, uh, And so that's, you know, I went to uh, school, became a naturopath, which is basically, it's just a holistic approach to adding back performance. You know, what the program taught me about this is kind of cool, though, is that I'm not treating symptoms. Mm -hmm. You're trying to find out what is the cause of the problem. Like, people think a headache's the problem. No, it's not. It's a symptom of lack of performance. People think insomnia or high blood pressure or kidney failure is a that's an illness. It's a standalone condition and concern, and it's not. It's a symptom of lack of performance. Me and my inability to, you know, you know, leave the bottle alone is a symptom of what? Powerlessness, right? right. And I got to get dialed in with God. I didn't know that because when I first got here, I thought, oh, booze is the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not. So so I really I try to practice these principles in all of my affairs, and it certainly has reflected in how we help people in my business. So. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Megan goes to you and I think you should be fine saying that. Yeah. So she, and she has nothing but great things yeah, to say. She yeah, raves she, about it. Yeah, so she's good. And, yeah. it's, and
2: it's really about just positioning people to kind of identify because I, I can't, it's kind of like me doing a solitary inventory. is not really a wise thing. right? So <laughs> me doing a, let, let me Google my symptoms, right. Or YouTube, how to, you know, do a liver cleanse is probably not a really good thing without some guidance or experience to back it up. Right. right. So So that's all we do is we just evaluate, you know, here's some things that we want to consider. Here's a specific plan for you, you know, and and it's it's been pretty amazing what's happened with the clinic in the last 16, 18 years. Yeah. In terms of like the reach, the impact, how much is going on, the podcast we do now with with practitioners from around the world. And
0: what's the name of that podcast? Plug that.
2: Yeah. You bet. the the shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug time. (laughs) Got a drum roll. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's uh, total wellness radio. And it's on iTunes, Google. It's on like 16, well, there are like 12 or 13 different platforms. Spotify, it's really easy to find. It's mm-hmm. got my mug on there with the headphones. And, okay. And then if you go into the episodes, then it's like whoever was featured that time, it's it's our graphics together. So
1: cool. And that's pragn- practitioners from all over the world that are yeah. in the same uh, yeah. line of like natural healing that you yeah, are. Yeah.
2: They might be a chiropractor, they might be an acupuncturist, massage okay. therapist. Um, Ayurvedic medicine, you know, I've, I've interviewed people in India, Switzerland, uh, Dubai, um, all over the United States. It's been crazy. And and the focus is, is really about just what are their stories, right? How do you find yourself on this path? Right. right. Cause I mean, and I think that that's just like an underlying theme to our lives and recovery is like, there's a story behind how we got on this path. So guess what? Mirroring that into my profession, there's a story to that as well. And, and uh, there's pretty amazing stories with people out there, the things they've overcome, right? You Water know, and medicine failed them, and they got into this, and it it worked for them. So,
0: what drove you to um, do to start the podcast? Like what? what? Gratitude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Gratitude. Yeah. You know, I mean, my clinic is ranked nationally as one of the top clinics that it does, right? Oh, here we are in Cheyenne, Wyoming. You know, itty bitty little you know city, the 50th populated state in the union. You mm-hmm. know, and all this other stuff. But yet, on a national basis, we we see over 3,500 people a year that come through our clinic wow. from all over the country it's wow. pretty crazy wow. there's nine people that work there now Wow! Yeah. that's well, incredible you know? i mean it's 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 really 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 big yeah. um, there's lots out there that are bigger mm-hmm. but it's exactly what i had hoped for for me in terms of the service to my community and then the podcast was a way to just reach out and help other people become better educated you know, quit Googling symptoms. You know, oh, my God, I should have died yesterday. I mean, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff is stressful, okay? Right. You shouldn't be doing that to yourself. <laughs> um,
1: did, did you write a... Did you have a book published, too? Did yeah. You write, what, what is that along the same lines? Mm-hmm. Would you can tell us about that?
2: Yeah. The uh, the book um, is actually a reprint. My dad wrote a book by appointment only 15 years ago now. And what I did is I, I kind of went through... was his experience... And so I kept the key points of his experience that we still use clinically to this day, but then I enhanced it with my own experience, right? Mm -hmm. And then we captured both, kind of repackaged it. Um, And uh, we released it, I think it was September of 2017 is when we actually did like a release kind of date. Um, But it's on on Amazon, our website, and it's gotten some pretty good reviews. And and right now it's being considered, we're doing, uh, we're working with some uh, national associations. To develop a piece of continuing education for the practitioners that they can actually get accreditation for, like ten hours, twelve hours, whatever wow. if they complete this course, I grade it for them. Then they get because people in my business they have to have continuing education every year, right? It's got to be documented. Well, after a while, you run out of options, you know. I mean, twenty years into this deal, it's hard for me to find places to really get what I want and still get the accreditation hours that I need. So,
0: hmm.
2: so we're we're in the process of doing that as well. What's the name of the book still? Uh, Country Doctor, your personal guide to okay. the ultimate healing system. Cool. It's kind of long. Yeah, we changed it up, and it's an adaptation of my dad's work and my work. Yeah. It's kind of a combination. That's and cool. uh, So I have I like give him credit in the title, like he's there first and I'm second. But I always tell people if the, you read this and there's something you don't like, then you call him. But if you something you really like, <laughs> you call my him. ego, call Dan. Yeah. He's on there second. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got some exciting stuff coming up, man. Is it okay to talk about the? Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Megan and I are engaged, and yeah. yeah, we got a wedding. Dan's gonna do the service for us because he you're ordained, right? Yeah, so, I'm ordained as a minister yeah, as well. Yeah, Megan I've, and I can't wait either. I've done a few, so. I've done
2: a few weddings already. Got th- this is so cool. I got to marry my daughter to her husband. I got to marry, and I redid my parents' vows in Oregon at the at uh, on the coast in Oregon. Wow! And uh, did some other stuff like that. So weddings are my
0: your yeah. new thing oh
2: man I just love doing weddings that's cool love the process of discussing how you want it to go and what's gonna say are you gonna write it versus you know yeah what, what the tone is spiritually right I mean it's just way cool
1: that's awesome you're more heavily involved I also got an ordained I think we talked about this yeah My cousin asked me to and uh, I was not that involved in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like a, a multiple-choice pick a plan right <laughs> Based on what dart? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's I awesome. I think based on like probably like pick a hat, how, how to plan a wedding. <laughs> or <something>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we like, should do that with like, you guys. Looks good. Yeah. Hey Megan, let's build
2: this big wall and all these options, yeah. and you and you and Kyle throw yeah. darts blindfolded, yeah. and that's <laughs> yeah. gonna be that's the what theme. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, Dan's gonna. Do it. Aaron will be a groomsman. It'll be good. Right so, yeah, we haven't even talked about I'm it. No, i I didn't haven't. think we needed to. Oh. Be, uh, you'll say yes. So. <laughs> okay.
2: <Yeah. laughs> I'm blushing. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> yeah, so it's
0: good, man. Yeah, life's good. Yeah. Um, well, you, I'm just super happy for you guys. Thank I mean, you.
2: I just think the world of you guys. I really do. And, and, yeah. and, and you you... You guys, from the standpoint of this journey that we're on together side by side, I have the utmost respect for. Thank you. Time in this deal is not the deal. Right. It's what you did with the time that matters mm-hmm. in, in my book. And and there's no question in my mind that you guys have invested the time wisely for yourselves, your own personal recovery. And and, and that overflows in the things that I see in your lives. Absolutely. So, you know, we had a friend that unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but his favorite thing to, t- to tell people in meetings was to say, I hear what you're saying and I see what you're doing. Which do you want me to believe? Yeah. You know? and, <laughs> and so I tend to, that's kind of one of my daily mantras I roll by too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and anybody that knows you guys can watch you and believe. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Dan. Um, what is it, uh, what's it like, your your wife is in recovery as well. What's yeah. that like? Because Megan and I, we, I think we we handle it. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's kind of a new experience to yeah. To have someone that's growing in their own lives, and, sure. and Aaron and Amber, you know, yeah. like, I mean, yep. what is
1: that like for you? But plus, you work together too, right?
2: No, oh, you don't. Oh no, because when Stacy's there, she thinks she's the boss. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, so, and that's um, bullshit. Um, okay, and, and I'm going to get this on, and she can't rebuttal. Okay, so
1: back to Kyle's question <laughs> yeah. without so, the add-on. Without the add-on. Okay, go so. ahead.
2: So, uh, um, it, this brings up several thoughts. One is I think a couples meeting, you know, get together for recovery is a huge thing that should be done in this town. I, I really agree. do. I'd love to do something like that, but that's a side note. Um, I got some funny stories about that, man. I was I, One time when she was early on in the program, um, and she, I felt really insulted by something she said at this dinner deal right out in Burns. And I was hot. I mean, I was, ugh. And so, and there's no talking on the way home. It's like, it's, it's like, chirp 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 on the car <laughs> on the way home oh, man it's like crickets we get home we're walking up the stairs and i finally just i can't contain myself anymore i said this is such bullshit you offend him you owe me an amends. And instantly without hesitation she says i'm not on that step <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh my god oh, that's <laughs> so, awesome <laughs> and uh, you know here's the beautiful part now that she's you know going on 17 years in in, in recovery as well and and that first three and a half four and a half years when she wasn't mm-hmm. that was a very challenging time um, around the house and obviously it come to a head which I kind of alluded to earlier but um, you know she is my best friend um, she is my confidant she is she is um, I'm I, I tell people today after all we've been through like I'm really great by myself but when Stacy and I are together it's even better you know and that's wow. just the truth and she, you know, sometimes Stacey's taken some hits over the years about we never see her meetings, we never see her meetings. It's like, well, her attitude is sure in her literature where she has to go to a meeting, you know, and so she's in touch with and sponsors a lot of gals, right? Works with them, mentors them yeah. in recovery, has for many, many years, and she's got a lot of gals that have many, many years, and and that's her, that's her gig, right? And if she gets to a a regular meeting once or twice a year, that's a big deal, and she'll go on you know birthdays and stuff like that, but. You know it took me a while to come to terms with that's her path, and that's you know, and the bottom line again is it's it's a resource, yeah, she's connected with the source, right and mm-hmm. I had to come to terms with that for her as well, and it's been amazing. it's been beautiful. I love it that's awesome,
0: yeah, I really enjoy that as well. It's nice to see and you know just watching Megan. Reinforces that this thing works for me. You know what? Yeah. You know oh, what? I, like, yeah. like, I just, I see her. Because she's in your life. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm and like,
2: wow, how did I attract this? is a beautiful woman. She's got a great head on her shoulders. She's beautiful. Yeah. Now we're grandparents, right? <laughs> yeah. And so she's taking care of the, she's there for the grandbaby two or three days a week. Our kids leave their. 13-month-old child at our house (laughs) 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 only supervised by the grandmother Mm -hmm. or me sometimes I'm like how does that happen yeah yeah, it's called
1: God yeah absolutely I was just gonna say so not 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 working together recovery together Um, also maybe what I have observed between you two is that um, playing cards together is not necessarily always the best idea either. <laughs> oh, she's, <laughs> we <were> got, <laughs> she's holding
2: on me, man. She's <laughs> she's holding over on me. <laughs> we, we were we were
1: playing over at our friend our yeah. friend's house, yeah. and uh, Dan Dan had a pretty darn good hand to beat, and uh, Stacy was betting <laughs> against him, and he had this intuitive. He sang it I out said loud. it out loud. He's even like, he's like, "I know you got me," but he just had this <laughs> this good hand, this like hand that can't be beat. Right. And so he goes ahead and he shoves, and she comes down with four jacks <laughs> oh, <laughs> to he my was, three kings. He was <laughs> genuinely pissed, man. He wasn't oh. pretending. To I be would bad. be pissed. He too. Was pissed.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so awesome. Yeah. She's holding over me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's good time. Yeah, it's good stuff. So you guys like uh, you guys like to get out and travel, right? Like you guys um, get to. I think I think I hope I'm not making it up, but you talked about like recharging the batteries on those trips, uh, like out to the coast or even uh, regional trips. Like that's sort of how because you you're you're busy, she's busy. Um, you know, Kyle talked about it, and I remember when you started when I asked you for help and started sponsoring me. I was like, I've never met anybody, you know, busier. That was before I had, had the experience of having a full life sure. that I get now. Yep. I was just like, I logged as much sofa time as I could every weekend. <laughs> and so I didn't really understand, you know, I didn't understand how you did all of this. But, like, um, I think you talked to me about, like, you know, you and Stacey, you know, together being able to recharge your batteries on those trips, yeah, right? That's we sort really of how do. I do.
2: And it's interesting stuff. We, we get behind the wheel of a car. We like to leave, like, either really super early in the morning or we'll leave at 9 o'clock at night and drive all night long and just talk. No radio, no... no and just communicate, right? Just bounce things off—plans, events. What do you think about that? What's going on over here? Have you, t- you know, just everything gets reconnected, you know, and any little thing, and and uh, so we'll go, you know. We'll go up to the the hot springs, or you know, over in Idaho, or we'll go over to you know somewhere in Arizona or you New know, Mexico or somewhere warm, and where I can hit a I can hit a ball, you know, in the morning, and she can we can go hike in the afternoon, and mm-hmm. and and then at night we're both together in the hot tub, you know. What I mean, so and we just do that every quarter. We just I commit, and you know the interesting thing about that is when I committed to do that for myself, um, about six years ago, every quarter I take a week off, every quarter. I don't have to spend a lot of money, I don't have to go anywhere fancy, but I just have to take time off and really make it valuable like I try to do every day. And and 90% of the time Stacy gets to go with me on this. Like Craig and I just got back from a golf trip over to Laughlin area, right. right? And yeah. we had to play golf for three or four days. And and um and recharge that way stacy didn't get to go on that trip she was in hawaii sorry about her oh no, bummer she, bummer i think <laughs> she she'll take hawaii over laughlin yeah well she did yeah, you my know, grandparents so. <laughs> live outside of laughlin and yeah. i'm like yeah hawaii's probably a little better than yeah, that laughlin's yeah. nice but yeah she scored better especially when i have to travel with craig yeah. Come on, so. but yeah that's what we do we connect we stay in you know and and so a lot of people are like well how do they stay married? Well, they're never together. That's how. And so there's a joke, right? I mean, we're in a deal one time. This guy's sitting there, and he looks at Stacy and says, "How do you stay married to that asshole?" And she goes, oh, I "Only got to do it one day at a time." You know, I'm <laughs> like. No. But there's just it's real. Mm-hmm. It's just real. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we do every quarter, recharge, yeah. go hiking, or That's go awesome. to the hot tub, or yeah. I just you know, read read several books.
1: Like the one, I guess we can talk about them since we're not. One I think it was. Um, might have been the happiness hypothesis or another one of those in any way, but it talked about there was a couple of them that said the same thing. But like, if you want, if if you really want a good return on your um, money, spend it on time, you yep. know, and not on things. And Don't the,
2: buy things, buy experiences, yeah, man. Yeah, oh, that's what you're so talking true. about. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's awesome.
0: I just had one more thing. I would, I, one thing that I've always been really drawn to about you is your uh, your willingness to work with new people still, yeah. you know, you've got, a, you've got a good amount of time under your belt. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything about anyone else. I just, what I watch with you is you still have a willingness to work with the new guy. Yeah. Was that implanted in you? Is that just where you feel comfortable? Like, where's that come from? Cause a, you know, even me, like I have a, a, you know, a little bit of time and I'm already starting yeah. to work with people that, that have time yeah. and, and I, I have to make a conscious effort to go work with newcomers still. Yeah. Where, where do you get that from?
2: I was about six or seven months sober. Stark raving sober. Um, I'm in a meeting in Sandpoint, Idaho. Guy walks in. um, Nice clothes. A few hundred bucks in his pocket. Fancy truck in the driveway. Big smile on his face. Works six months out of the year in Alaska. Comes down and plays for six months. Travels. Does whatever. Great job. Happy. Seemingly so. Deal dialed in. Right. But, and he used to come in every you know, few months, and, and, and there was a couple of years just before I left there, was a couple of years in a row that this guy didn't show up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And when he showed back up at the meeting, he would, had lost about 40 pounds. He was skin and bones. The clothes were not cool anymore. He was not driving the fancy rig. He did not have any money in his pocket. He did not have that fancy job in, in Alaska. It allowed him to work six months a year and play six months a year. But he did have a message, and he said this in the meeting. Do not let what you find here take you away from here. And I've never forgotten that. It's seared in my brain because hmm. I saw him before and I saw him after, right? And so that's one of them. The other is I love I love uh, Bob's story. I love the four reasons that he gives. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here to tell you if the guy that I met wasn't in one of these meetings, right, when I got here and was able to do for me that one little spark, or that one little nudge, or that one little event, right? Serendipity, you know, it's God's ways of remaining anonymous, coincidence kind of stuff, whatever you want to call it. God's expression, I think, is is diminished when I stop doing what I know I should be doing, Hmm. even if it's just the little stuff. Because I don't know. I don't know what's gonna be, what could be a life-changing experience for some person. Like the guy that gets up and actually hands someone who can't hold a cup of coffee, and is thoughtful enough to make it only half full, right? Just, you never know. We don't know. We wanna know, Our, my ego wants to tell me I know, but we don't know. Yeah. And so it's not about knowing, it's about experience. And every moment of every day is an opportunity for that next experience, and my job is just to be willing and show up and, and do what I believe God would want me to do. Mm-hmm. And I still believe to this day, now that's a good change, right? Five years from now, two months from now, who knows? I'm like, Fuck me, I ain't, you know, I'm done. Mm-hmm but right now in this moment, that's where God has me. Yeah. And, and so, and I've never, there's two different experiences, like your own recovery and then watching someone else, True yeah. two totally different experiences Two total. I mean, that is the fourth dimension of existence. That's truly for me where it's at. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: I think that's a pretty good story to end on. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, Dan, I just wanted to say thank you. You, you have continuously been a, impactful person in my own recovery and I, I really value that and thanks for coming on to this Man, and everything so my
2: pleasure yeah. my pleasure you guys appreciate it
1: before we give our email address again what was remind us the name of your podcast again
2: that's total wellness radio okay and it's on all the platforms awesome. it's pretty easy to search and find i think we got about 170 i think maybe 168 i'm going to be posting some more episodes on monday so
0: cool awesome and you can uh, you can reach out to us on recovered af gmail.com. And uh, this podcast is also on all the major platforms, Stitcher and the iTunes app and all of that stuff. So, Cool. Thanks, Dan. Right on. Thanks a lot,
2: Dan. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.